I'm not a nervous. Scroll. No, I'm not a scroll. No, you're. A There's scroll. also I don't know how I. Would Why prove would you that. be nervous if you're not a scroll? Because, as we mentioned, as I've mentioned, the Disney Plus shows always seem to have a lifespan, a life expectancy in terms of quality Mm -hmm. that don't exceed the first two, maybe three episodes. Right. And so every time I sit down to watch a new episode of Secret Invasion, I'm a little nervous because I'm like, is this the week? Is it going to hold up? This is the week where all of a sudden it sucks. Like, yeah. So I'm nervous. Nervous. Is that, is that, uh, are we seeing a little glimpse under the hood into your feelings of this episode no i'm just saying i'm nervous man oh okay. we're reading shit into shit also i'm apologetic on your behalf for the fact that we're so damn late <laughs> yeah well I'm we're gonna get later episodes review <laughs> i know we're gonna do we're three gonna more episodes I know. and then there's gonna be what is there there's six episodes total right mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're gonna do uh this one Episode it's four, literally just the finale. Episode five, and then the season finale. Nobody's. We're not going to do it till September. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, we we might be able to squeeze it in in late August. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I got yeah. a pretty busy week that week, but I'm home well, from vacation mm-hmm. for one week, and then I go back busy. on vacation. <laughs> pretty busy week. Back on vacation, living the hard life. Yeah. It is a hard life. You yeah. Try going on vacation with three kids. It's harder for your wife. She's going on vacation with four kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My sympathy for Emily is is through the roof. Through the roof. Okay. Hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. The B team. And uh, yeah, we're back. It's episode three of season one, or maybe just the only season. We don't know. We never yep. know. Yep. Um, of Secret Invasion. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're going to do what we did last week. I'm going to kind of read through the events of the film. And by film, I mean episode. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, we'll just go through it, kind of story point by story point. And- yeah. And then as something jumps out at us, we will comment on it. Okay, yeah. so here we go. Super Scrolls called it. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, so the episode begins with Beto, Pagan, and a scroll called Verkus preparing for a mission. Beto asks the others if they think what they're doing will work. And Pagan tells them that what they do they do because of their faith in a better future. And faith always demands risks. Pagan gives Beto the file for the human they will be impersonating, and all three of them leave for the mission. The story then cuts to Gravik, who shows the Skrull Council the machine that he has been developing. He reveals more of his plan, telling them, that the three operatives are infiltrating the Royal Navy in order to attack a United Nations target. Gravik expects a response from the heroes of Earth, but the machine that the Daltons... The Daltons? Yeah, the machine that the Daltons have been building for him will allow the Skrulls to change powers in addition to faces, making them Super Skrulls. 
called it. Called Meanwhile, it. the Skrulls in the Navy take their places with Pegan going uh, aboard a nuclear submarine in disguise. Yeah, we talked about that last week because towards the end of the last episode, we saw that laboratory. Yeah. And on the screen, we were talking about the different familiar MCU characters whose DNA they, I guess DNA, they have copies of. Um, one being Groot. Um, yeah. There was a couple others. Which, how did they get Groot's? Did they get it from the the big the, the war, for the, uh, the big final finale with... With, I mean, uh, how did they get anybody's is really I, the question. Yeah. But well, I, like, I mean, they could take the shape of anybody, but Groot was only ever on Earth for a short period of time. But just because they've taken the shape of someone doesn't mean they have their DNA, does it? They have... Uh, it's not It's not just that they have their DNA. It should take the shape of the person. It's that they have the powers. Right, but I assume that what they're putting into this get, machine, what they're the analyzing... Powers, I assume they need the DNA. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because they were talking about uh, the collection or the collecting or something like that. In yeah. Because initially I was looking at it and I thought, well, okay, you know what? Maybe if you're the government, you've got like some, maybe some, I mean, the Akovia Accords were a thick-ass book, man. Yeah. Thick-ass book. And maybe so there was something in there about registering DNA. Well, maybe. I don't know. But then- yeah. That seems like that'd be like if if all of a sudden that's just the assumption. I mean, they were picking fights over smaller aspects of the Sokovia Accords and that. So I'm like, kind of like, okay, well, was there not pushback? Like, yeah. Which then gets into all kinds of interesting. Like, do we have Tony Stark DNA on file? Because yeah, if we do, not, not to dive too far into the episode, actually to the end of the episode, but like. There is a potential that they had somebody right next to Groot who just kind of like, can I borrow a toothpick? Uh, yeah. I think you're talking about the next episode, actually. <laughs> no, I, but, it's at the end of this episode. I, that's what I was checking earlier. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. But anyway, moving after on. After the credits, we get a flashback to New York City in 1998. Fury walks into a diner to meet with a Skrull friend. The friend in question is Priscilla, who is revealed Wife. to be Vara. The scroll we saw introducing Fury and Gravik in episode two. So that's his wife. He knew. He knew. And All along. I love this scene. I love the little like sort of spy code back and forth banter Tay -tay. that they do. You know, it's like, you know, who are you looking for? Well, you know, just a friend. Well, what does this friend look like? Well, that depends on the day of the week, <laughs> right? Like, it just is back yeah. and forth. Like, it's so, oh, it's so good. Um, she gives Fury an envelope that she says should put dry, uh, Dracov's, Dracov, uh, Dracov's men on their heels. No doubt a reference to General Dracov of the Red Room, which, yes, I picked up on that, right? He, Dracov was the, in Black Widow, he's the sort of main bad guy, the father of the, of the MCU's version of Taskmaster. Master. Ugh. Where's a hard man? Played by Ray Winstone in Black Widow. Then we see how Fury and Priscilla initiated their romance over a cup of coffee. Back to the present, 
Fury makes, a, I loved that too. He's like, no, nah, there's protocols in place. Like you work for me and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Fury, my unit doesn't exist. Yeah. Ergo, I don't work for you. And he's like, Pro- protocols don't matter. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, wow, that's an intriguing possibility. <laughs> and looks at her with like lovey dovey eyes. It's, yeah. I love that scene. Back to the f- present. Fury makes breakfast while watching TV pundit Chris Stearns, played by Christopher McDonald. Flawlessly. I love Chris McDonald. Secretly a member of the Skrull Council. Priscilla makes coffee. And they get to talking about how it's been years since Fury came home. She asks Fury why he's back after all this time. He tells her that he's retired now and he's thinking of picking up a new hobby, revenge. This also was like, man, there's just so many good scenes one after yeah. another. The acting in this is phenomenal. Like, it's so good. When she says like, what, like in the most make him feel guilt way possible. She says, like, what kind of big, awful, world-shaking, whatever she says, thing must have happened in order to bring you home to me? And it's just like, oh, buddy, you're you sleeping on the couch tonight. Like, <laughs> oh, it's just, it's so good. It's so good. Um, then we have our... Um, Oh, where we go? Where we go? I don't know where to go. Where to go? Fury asked Priscilla. Gravik and Gaia. Yeah, Fury asked Priscilla if she's been in touch with Gravik, implying oh, that he suspects her of being part of the rebellion. She evades the question, and through their conversation, we find out that she survived the snap and mourned him until he returned in the blip. I can't believe blip caught on and that that's still... What? I can't believe we've that like it's I think I've talked about this before. Why are we still dealing with it? No, no. Like the blip should have seemed like a passing thing. Like I feel like the TV shows should have dealt with this issue more. Oh, and instead it's like, cause it's a really interesting, like, Oh yeah. Uh, story, uh, device. People came right? back, and all of a sudden they were People five years later. For they five were, years, and then all of a sudden they're, they're back. Like, like, well, and there's so many weird things, right? Because if you think about it, it's like the, people came back onto toilets in apartments that are no longer theirs, while some new persons in the shower. Like it, it's yeah. just this like <clears throat> crazy. Yeah, like we've thing only that seen happened. like very passing moments, and like like this right here, just kind of passing comments and emotions about it. Yeah. We've never really dealt unpacked with it, it. Yeah. and unpacked it. And it's like, why Why did we just gloss over this really cool, important story device? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, but after that, instead of staying with her, he chose to run away to space. She then gets a cryptic phone call. Priscilla tells Fury it wasn't important, but he has his suspicions. Yeah, he kind of glances at her phone, and I think... I think the assumption is that he went snooping. Yeah. Well, she's got it like just down on the table or the counter in between them when it happens. Right. She's got one of those lame flip phones too, that everyone's making a big deal out of. 
Um, Priscilla tells Fury it wasn't important. Blah blah blah. Back at New Skrullos, which is still the stupidest name, <laughs> Gravix starting to get suspicious too. He want uh, as he wakes Gaia, Amelia Clark again. She's like destroying this role. It's so good, and confronts her about uh, the police. Uh, conf- confronts her about how the police found her safe house. She tells him, Brogan, played by Ben Peel, obviously cracked under torture. Gravik isn't so easily fooled, but he lets it go for the time being. <laughs> yeah. So he's on to her. I, I like how Gravik's like, would you have cracked? And she's like, no, I would have lied. I'm a good mm-hmm. liar. And it's like she's lying through her teeth at that moment. So like a funny little. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, the next day, Gravik and Gaia fly to London, where Gravik reveals that he is going to be meeting with Talos. Talos? Talos. Talos. Uh, for a parlay to talk about her. While they're on the way to the meeting place, Gravik answers a call saying the UN plane will be at Neptune's coordinates at 2200 hours. Gravik then meets Talos at the London Portrait Museum, delivering a speech about generals and soldiers. They move to a cafe where Gravik goads Talos, and uh, the older Skrull suggests an honor meeting, presumably a form of Skrull trial by combat using knives. Gravik dismisses the idea and continues to push Talos's buttons, bringing up the fact that Gaia is with him. Talos attacks Gravik only for all the other people in the cafe to reveal <laughs> themselves as Skrull rebels. Yeah. I rewound this part and watched it twice. Yeah. And this is one of those moments where this would have been way cooler if they didn't use it in promo material. Yeah. Like this whole moment was spoiled for that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like I get- it sucks. <laughs> Yeah, pro. You need to promote your 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 show, your movie, everything. But don't give us the really good stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, this exactly. was really cool. It was really cool. This is this is this was almost like not not quite the same like gravitas, but in terms of like level of oh man, that's crazy. It's like Darth Vader revealing he's Luke's dad. Oh yeah, if, had you put that in a trailer? <laughs> like yeah. come on. And had you left this out of the trailers, would've this moment would have landed so much better. Yeah. Realizing he's surrounded, Talos tries to tell Gravik that <clears throat> humans are at their most formidable when facing a common foe. What's more, Talos plans on exposing the scrolls, eliminating the element of surprise and taking out their advantage. This is cool. And it's really cool to see Talos as a badass, right? Just with, like, good lines and, like, yeah. Just, like, because there's moments where, like, he's become Talos because he's a friend and he's Fury's friend and he's in Ben Mendelsohn's body and, like, all these. There's times where I feel like Talos has started to feel a little pedestrian to us, where he's just kind of, like, He's, he's often sort of a comic relief or, you know, he's got he's, some good lines or whatever. He's, but, he's an errand boy. <laughs> yeah, but he is a badass. Yeah. Right? He's still a scroll leader, essentially. Yeah. 
Um, uh, once Gravik brings up Gaia again, Talos stabs Gravik's hand with a knife and chokes him. I loved this moment. Telling the rebel general to keep his daughter's name out of his mouth. <laughs> right? Like, Talos is, that, is a uh, Is that badass. all tongue-in-cheek and on purpose? I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> he then keep walks away. out of your mouth. Slap. He then walks away, <laughs> leaving Gravik to sullenly heal his injured hand. Well, wow, this with- was cool. And not, like... I didn't pick up on it at first. It took me a moment till later. Was it this episode? I think, let me just quick. Because remember last week when we were talking about all of the different texts or the different powers that they were looking at on those screens. Extremis was one. I pointed out that Extremis was one. And you were like, what? Yeah. I missed that. I didn't. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it yeah. took me a moment to realize that this was an ext- the Extremis. Yeah. It's uh, so like him. a sick Iron Man three callback. Like yeah. I love that. This is the one thing I have to hats off to the MCU. Even though the MCU's been in a bumpy patch, right? The show's amazing, but even though the MCU's been in a bumpy patch, their ability to call back to things, and also like I mean, this whole show is an example of. The MCU setting up cause and effect, right? That this is this is the result of something that happened in a movie that we got seven years ago in Captain Marvel. And and I love that. I love their ability to have this at times super coherent interwoven world where Things that happen affect other things. I, I, yeah, I love that. Um, outside, Gaia, in the form of an old man, bumps into Talos and gives him a phone, handing him the details of the planned strike. So at this point, she's fully on our side. Fully. He's he swayed her. I think it was that little like your mom's dead comment. But yeah. it, she, she's she's working for us, which puts her in a very dangerous spot. Later, Fury finds Talos and tells him that he's found a lead on a scrawl placed high up in the U.S. government who is in London, possibly Rhodey. And this is this is a good moment because I have to be honest. I and, and you do you spend a lot uh, the next little while in the show still kind of wondering what the hell is going on. But man, like I've always liked Rhodey as a character, but after the whole firing Nick Fury scene where he was a pretty stone cold dick, I, I didn't like, it kind of leaves a man. Rhodey's a dick kind of sensation with you right and i'm like that'd be fine if Rhodey was just kind of like got some sour grapes and you know maybe he's gonna die in this show and he just goes out on a bad note you know or whatever it is but we know we have armor wars coming which means Rhodey's gonna be the main character in an upcoming mcu project and i don't want to hate the guy (laughs) 
<laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah. So know. here, like, they don't straight out say Rhodey's a scrawl here. No, but it's kind it, of hinted. The name at, isn't like, dropped. They just no. imply that somebody high up in the U.S. government, somebody that's next to the president, like. That, that's technically a lot of people. Now we've seen somebody right next to the president high up in the, which is Rhodey, right? So yeah. you could allude it to there. And But <clears throat> but this, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it, this confirms anything. I'm clouded. saying it, it gave me that, that glimmer of hope. Something to cling to and go, oh, okay, hang on. Maybe that's not Rhodey. Maybe yeah. had the cam, maybe when we were at New Skrellos, had the camera panned a little bit, maybe we would have also seen Rhodey hooked up to one of these like stasis machines. Yeah. Maybe. Talos is still mad at Fury after the argument in episode two and tells him that he no longer works for him. So if Fury wants something, he has to ask for Talos's help. But grudgingly, Fury <laughs> concedes and the two leave together. Talos gives Fury the intel from Gaia, and Fury identifies Neptune as a British sub. He then calls Sonya Fallsworth. This was a lame moment, because he's like, oh, it's a British sub. I know who to call. And I'm like, when he said, I know who to call, I was like, ooh, like, what, what, what big reveal are we going to get? And it was like, oh, no, it's just the British chick that we've already seen in the show. <laughs> like, I, it just, it seemed like a lot of buildup for just an familiar face from the show already i don't know maybe that was just me but right. i thought that was a, a weird moment um who has now discovered the camera he left in her office oh she tells him off for spying on her but still gives him the name and address of the submarine's commander commodore robert fairbanks whom fury calls bob which is just so good. I don't know. It's You can give just about any line to Sam Jackson and his delivery of it is going to make it better. That's Bob. It's Bob. On the way to Bob's house in Portsmouth, Fury and Talos get in another argument about how Fury undervalues Talos's contributions. Again, amazing conversation. The dialogue in this <laughs> the episode. The whole dog thing. Oh, Talos tells Fury yeah. that if it wasn't for him the other scrawl and the other scrawls, Fury would never have become the world's top spy. Once again, the chemistry between the two characters is a delight as they bicker like old friends. They reach Bob's house and infiltrate it, with Talos going ahead and Fury killing some scrawl guards before following him. Over the comms, Talos tells Fury he's been ca- that he's captured Bob. But it's really Bob who has Talos at gunpoint, and they're trying to lure Fury into a trap. However, Fury has Bob's son and forces the rebel to let Talos go. Coincidentally, Fury knew that it was a trap because Talos called him Nick. And in Fury's world, words, nobody calls me Nick, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's such a perfect line. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, the submarine is getting into position, and they have already received the command to fire on the UN flight. With Pagan undercover on the ship to ensure things go according to plan. As they prepare to fire... 
Fury and Talos question Bob, who refuses to give them the code to abort the mission. He also reveals that Gravik has offered Talos a partnership, which Talos refused. Bob brings up Gaia, who prompts Talos to shoot and kill him. This is there's more to this scene, and it's cool that like yeah, Fury shooting him in the leg is fun. And then, you know, he says, like, you know, start talking or I'll aim a little higher or lower and, like, points it at his crotch. <laughs> it's just like, uh, yeah, I love I love Nick Fury's interrogation tactics. Yeah, um, he's pretty brutal. <laughs> and then without the codes. He's not, it's actually <clears throat> with last episode having an interrogation scene with our British spy kind of the contrast between the two interrogation tactics now like yes she they were both and they were both kind of pressed for time like she knew she didn't have long he knows he doesn't have like the the difference between the two is just like night and day she's oh, very yeah. calm relaxed very sure that she's gonna get what she needs so Nick's then this is like give me what i want yeah, and this seems like a crazy moment because at this point, like, Fury doesn't know that Gaia's working with Talos, right? I would think he he knows, but he doesn't trust her, I would say. Okay, because... That's, that would be my inclination because that's how they got this information was from Gaia. Right, because when Talos shoots Bob, it's kind of like, it seems to me like Fury's kind of thinking like, well, that was our like, like Here's now what? Now what, jackass? Like, <laughs> like that was, that was our only hope. What do you, what do you, what's your plan here now? Um, but yeah, Talos just like Talos is like he's a protective daddy. He's gonna stab people in the hand and shoot him in the chest if they yeah. be talking smack about his daughter. Um, with time running out, Talos calls Gaia. And has her find the code from the memories of the real Commodore Fairbanks. That's cool. But in order to do that, she is forced to blow her cover. The code turns out to be the name of Bob's son. And Talos manages to give the command in time to stop the strike, giving finally giving Fury a much-needed win. The launch is aborted, and Pagan is captured. Uh, that was a tense scene tense scene just all the lighting of like they're in that control area and like the lighting's all turned red now and it's like yeah this launch is the description you're reading is completely glossing over gaia's role in all this well then speak up man this is that's no that's that's what what i'm doing works that's what i'm doing like guy like the gaia scenes here where she's like running through new screlos trying to not be avoided all of a sudden they know like somebody somebody's contacting somebody outside of Skrellos that shouldn't be yeah like uh, they go on high alert and yeah yeah it's uh it kind of adds to the tension of the moment really well oh for sure um now that her cover is blown Gaia runs from new Skrellos as Fury and Talos remove the dead Skrull's body Fury asks Talos why he didn't get take Gravik's deal Talos tells Fury that despite 30 years together, Fury still doesn't know him. He tells him he's not with Gravik because he's with Fury, revealing that despite all the things Fury has done, Talos still trusts him. 
Just as Gaia is leaving the Skrull compound, she is intercepted by Gravik. In a surprise twist, he reveals that the strike was a decoy and that he that he used to root out the traitor. Gravik then shoots Gaia, giving us our second major death after Maria Hill. Back at okay. Fury, back at hang the on, Fury residence. Did you see this coming? Her getting shot? No. No, this this hit it being a trap. Like the whole Oh no. No, not at all. Really? Did you? I had an inkling. Like when he Tell me about your was talk, near the beginning of the episode, he woke her up. They had that conversation about who tipped off the police. I was like, oh, he knows. And if he doesn't know, oh, he's I knew gonna he knew. find out. I knew he knew, but I just didn't know this strike was a trap. Oh, man. Yeah, it was too, like, it was too, cli- like, it was too cliche not to be obvious for me, I feel like. Wow. Not, like, I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but I was like, I was at least fifty percent, like felt like it was going to be a setup. Wow! Wakes her up, has this conversation, takes her alone to meet where he's meeting with her father, right? And drops this information to her. Okay, well, if it wasn't (laughs) obvious to Gaia, then it wasn't obvious to me. Okay. Anyway, I I felt like. I mean, it was still fun. I don't think it made the episode worse, but it was like, it was pretty cliche (laughs) for me. Like I thought, I felt like, like, even though I was 100%, I was definitely like riding the line of 50% that this is going to be a setup. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, Um, it 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 was a fun, fun ride either way. Oh, it was. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially for me, because I was like, what? <laughs> like, for me, it was a twist. Yeah. Um, back at the Fury residence, speaking of twists, back at the Fury residence, Priscilla gets a message and leaves, heading to a bank where she retrieves a safe deposit box. Inside it is a gun. I mean, okay, this was... Uh, I don't know. You need a safety deposit box just to hide your gun in? Like, is there no way? There's not, like, a hollowed out mattress in the house or something? <laughs> yeah. Did that I not seem weird? the more important thing in there is the phone, but... <laughs> no, I know, but, like, it just... It, anyways. Um, she pulls out a gun. She then gets a call from an unknown person who sounds a lot like Rhodey. I'm just... What do you mean sounds a there. lot like... It is. Come on. Like, it's, Don Cheadle's got a pretty <laughs> iconic yeah. voice. Which reveals that she's working for Gravik, just as Fury suspected. More importantly, more importantly, more importantly, I, it sounds Rody, like Rody. Rody is it's, a scroll. It sounds like Rody. No, it's ro- like. But they don't name drop. Sa- you can't no, no, say hang it on, sounds hang on, like hang Rody. On. Everybody follow- and their mother knows that's Don Cheadle's voice and that that's to Rody. F- my mother does not even know who Don Cheadle is. Listen. <laughs> she's never seen Everybody Fast but your mother. She's never seen that's Fast Don Times. Cheadle's voice. My mom's not seen Fast Times. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> to follow your own rules, nobody name drops here. Nobody needs to name drop. That's Don Cheadle's voice. That's Rhodey. Yeah, okay. 
well, anyways. So that's the episode. Man. I was. I think I was nervous for nothing this week. Nervous for nothing, because all in all, it's a good episode. Hello. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was good. It's. I will say. Listen, before we get into revealing whether it was a win or a fail, it is. I think it's the weakest episode yet. Yeah. I'd agree with that. There are some really strong moments. It's weird because I think it's the weakest episode yet, but I also think it may have some of the best moments of the series so far. So that's weird. Right? Like the conversations in the car and the stabbing him with the knife and <clears throat> and stuff like that. And the conversation in the kitchen between Fury and Priscilla. Like, those are some of my favorite moments yet. But for some reason, like, the actual plot progression moments of this episode, I just feel like it felt like there was it was much to do about nothing. Yeah, the whole episode was really just to set up and expose a mole and take yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as far, like, I hear what you're saying about the conversations being the high points of this movie and you're saying for you the show so far but i mean every episode has had well maybe the first one maybe less so but like last episode we had some great conversations between talos and fury like that conversation they had on the train that was that was awesome yeah oh no like, for sure the, the dialogue and writing conversations and they're having in this are really good yeah but yeah. like, to start to show my hand, like I'm feeling like something's lacking. Okay. In the show. In the show as a whole by, okay. by the end of this third episode. Right. And this, this roadie reveal at the end, I won't say, I don't think that the, the, the midway point where they, Talos and Rhodey or, or Talos and Fury are talking about a mole in the U.S. government. I don't think that reveals Rhodey at all. Okay. Or confirms that it's him. But you do think the ending does. But the end, the ending 100% reveals Rhodey's a skull. Right. And for that to be the reveal, that feels weak to me. Yeah. Like, okay. it doesn't, it's not like a, oh my gosh. Like it feels like kind of a what what could have been a big splash oh my god moment is kind of just like a like a oh top up your water. <laughs> well, I wonder if what's happening here is if they didn't intend it. Like I I I wonder if they intended for that moment to be a bigger question mark than it maybe ended up being. Yeah, and if that's the case, they should have had the person on the other end of the line have some kind of voice mask or like an electronic voice mask right. sound or something. Or just add a little bit more phone distortion to it so that it wasn't as clear of, uh, yeah. But, yeah. So, and <clears throat> yeah, I, a little, little kind of peek behind the curtain for everyone listening, we've we're recording this one in the next episode back to back. And so after watching the fourth episode, I watched, uh, 
one of the breakdown channels that I watch on YouTube. I haven't watched any breakdown stuff for this show yet because life's been pretty crazy. But I did watch yeah, something that vacation. like a, the, the, the channel, one of the channels I like to watch did like a what's wrong with this episode or episode or what's wrong with this series slash the MCU TV shows in general. And I'll get into like, and they, they, I think they start to hit the nail on what, what my issue is with this show. And I'll get into that in the next episode. So if you want to hear that, you have to tune into the next episode. Yeah. Don't be a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what did you, what are your feelings on it? So on this episode and series, uh, like, are you asking me if it was a win or a fail or yeah. like, for me, it's uh, a meh. So yeah. What's your, it's a meh. No, you can't be yeah. meh. No, you can't it's, it's a meh. No, you can't introduce a third option. No, it's you a meh. Say, you I've have to say, I've introduced the third option a, of meh. No, it, no. It, you have to say it, ultimately. Some parts it, worked, but there's something up. Meh. So, <laughs> so ultimately it was a win, but. No, blah, 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 it's blah, a meh. Blah, blah. It's the weakest win. <laughs> it's no, a I won't meh. accept that. No, I won't accept that. Well, that's what no, I'm giving on. you. No, come on. Play by the rules. <sighs> Fine. It's a weak win. It's a weak win. It's a sloppy okay. win. Sloppy win. Sloppy win. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I agree. I think it it is a win. It's still a good episode. It's still a good show. Like, I'm still enjoying this show. Um, yeah. But, like, I think it's my third favorite. Right now, it's my third favorite MCU show. Um, the first being WandaVision, the second being Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel was incredible. Um, so I, I, it's a win, but it was, it was still the weakest of the three that we've watched. And I'm, I'm scared, man. I'm scared that like, you know, when I reached the end of this episode, I was like, is this, like, it, it was still good, but am I seeing the, the, the seedlings of the decline? Is the, is the history repeating itself? Am I going to walk away from this show wishing that, am, like, just wanting for more, wanting for better? I don't know. I don't know. So a win. But as you very indirectly put a weak win. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Time will tell. <clears throat> yeah. Time will tell. Thank you for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter all listed down below. Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show, get some fun kickbacks, including exclusive to Patreon content. And uh, also some some increased voting power. There's a merch tier where you can sign up for. You get some merch sent your way. All kinds of things like that. Speaking of merch, we have a merch store. Get some stuff. Get some stuff, man. Put some stuff on yourself. Because merch is sick. Especially our merch. We have fun merch. Fun merch. Teddy bears. How many people have teddy bear merch? I don't have any teddy bear merch. I mean, you could, you'd, like, you know, go on our website, buy some teddy bear merch. It's pretty cheap, merch. too. Like, our merch is decent, man. Decent price. Decent price all around. No haggling. 
No haggling needed because you, you look at it, you're like, man, I wouldn't know. I'd feel I'd feel dishonest if I paid less than that. Such a good price. And until next week, when we uh, when we when we talk about other things, don't be a scrawl. Don't be a scrawl. because if you're a scrawl, you're a dick. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. <laughs>